How are we all doing? Good. Just a great time of worship this morning. Great to be encouraged. Again, if God's speaking to you at any point on a Sunday and you feel it's something to share with the church family, you're always very welcome. Um, We've usually got meeting hosts, meeting leaders who kind of sit in this kind of general vicinity. Um, So please do, if you've got words of knowledge, if you've got something prophetic, if you've got an encouragement, if you've got a story of something God's doing in your life, please do feel free to come and share. We want to build one another up, encourage one another um, in all that we're doing. So I want to get really practical this morning. I'm aware that this slot on a Sunday morning, the kind of 25 to 35 minutes, um, we often refer to it in slightly different ways. Um, we've got different people who will be speaking, but it's referred to sometimes as a sermon or a, a talk or a preach or a teaching bit. And so I just want to, um, what I'm aware that we, we do in these moments because of our conviction is that um, whatever we call them, we want to equip the church, we want to equip each of you within the church to um, grow, we want to encourage you uh, in what, what you believe and what we believe corporately together about Jesus and what he's called us to do. And by the end of our time together each Sunday, we're expecting that the Holy Spirit would have done something in each of us that means that we leave different than when we walked in. Just in praying before we started the meeting uh, this morning, again, you're all welcome to join us. Just second room down on the right in Compton uh, from 9.30, we, we pray before the service just to seek God's, to offer our praise uh, prior to that. But just this morning, really really a sense of of growing in desire for change, growing in desire for the outworking of the gospel in us, um, in our day-to-day lives. So from a biblical perspective, I just want to focus on two different terms that are used um, in the next couple of minutes, both of which I believe are hugely important and significant and necessary for us um, as we gather on a Sunday. So I want to talk about preaching and I want to talk about teaching So preaching is proclaiming, it's heralding, it's announcing news to people. We proclaim the gospel, we proclaim the good news to those who haven't heard it before. Again, what we want to do on our Sundays is we preach Christ crucified. It's the good news of the gospel that Jesus died, rose again and is ascended and is now seated at the right hand of the Father Teaching is explaining things, it's instruction, things about the gospel that people don't understand and instructing us how to live uh, in light of the gospel. So as we preach, we need to remember at all times that the gospel we responded to for those who have in this room, that the one we're living for, Jesus, and that our future eternal prospect is good news. We must never forget that the gospel, the reason we're here, the reason we live, is because we've responded to good news. And then on the teaching side of things, we also need to remember that as with all news, it often takes some unpacking, some explanation. There's a call to response from it. There's detail that we we don't always get at the first point of the, the proclamation. So this morning, I've got some good news for you. And that good news is Jesus. 
The good news I want to proclaim this morning is that Jesus Christ, who was and is himself God, chose to make himself nothing by taking on the very form of a servant and being made in human likeness like you and I. God himself stepped down from heaven. He then humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus chose to die on the cross because of our sinfulness, the things we have done that fall short of God's perfect law and the way that he commands us to live. Again, Tina was reminding us we're no longer under the law. The law has been completely fulfilled in Jesus. Again, good news. So there's no shame. There's no more sin, no condemnation. It has no hold on us. In fact, it's the very opposite. We are clothed now in his righteousness. We have received a new identity as children of God. So we've been singing about that this morning. He's our father, we're his children. We're wholly accepted by him and completely free from the consequence of sin, which is death. And instead we've received an eternal inheritance. It's good news. We were at a wedding yesterday, uh, just down in Eastbourne. A lovely celebration that we had. It was also our son Elijah's birthday yesterday. So we had these two things to juggle with. We had a wedding and a, a birthday celebration. So we planned the day around, around going down to Eastbourne for the wedding, some friends of ours who were getting married. Um, and then there was this promise of, okay, what do you want to do? We'll go down to the seaside. Oh, can we go to soft play? <laughs> of course we can. So the whole journey down, oh, when are we going to be at soft play? I oh, know we're going to the wedding first. Going to the wedding all the way through the wedding service. When are we going to soft play? <laughs> then driving around from the church to find some parking. Are we there yet? So the good news for them <laughs> was we get to go to Treasure Island, soft play. And then we got to go to the beach. And then we got to go and have some fish and chips. It was a good day. So for our children, what do you think their, their attention was on? Was it on the wedding, the excitement of the journey? Or was it that they'd heard, oh, we can go to soft play, finally. So throughout the journey and throughout the service, the questions came, when can we go to soft play? What's it going to be like? We've not been there before. We've not been to this one. Who's coming with us? Who's going to be there? So what is our response to such good news? What are the questions we ask when we hear, ah, oh, Jesus died for me? If we haven't already, we get to choose how we respond when news is proclaimed. When we hear news stories, we, we have an op opportunity and the option of responding one way or the other. We can either accept it, the good news of Jesus, we either accept it by repenting, turning away from ourselves and committing our lives to Jesus, or we reject it. And we choose to continue living our own way, taking on our own consequences for how we live. But if, as many of us have, we accept this gospel, we want to find out more about what it means for us. How do we live in the fullness of this truth and enjoy the daily outworking of the gospel in our lives? This is where teaching comes in. 
In the realm of teaching, we're looking to explain and instruct, to enable, understand the outworking of how we live as the gospel tells us. Back to our journey to Eastbourne and the answers to the questions that came. Not long now. I'm sure there'll be loads of people there. But while we were waiting, we had some clear expectations of how our kids would behave. Whether they did or not was up to them. We communicated these very clearly to them. And we have been for the past five years. It wasn't a, just for today, you need to behave like this. And time and time again, we remind them of how they're to be. Proverbs chapter four says this. Listen to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. As we pay attention to Jesus' instructions, we gain understanding. We learn what it means to keep his commands and to live our lives as he asks us to. When Jesus commissioned the disciples, he also commissioned us, all of those who choose to follow him. When he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, he went on to say, and teaching them, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. We've got four gospels full of the teachings of Jesus, full of the life of Jesus, the, the way he lived, the things he modeled. As followers of him, we're to follow in his footsteps, follow and do the things he did. And his commission and promise was that we would do even greater things than we read and see that he has done. So this morning I want to work through a passage of scripture that is so full of helpful instruction as to how we are to live. But to really get to grips with this, I want us to try and make it a little more interactive than usual. Don't get too nervous. With the hope that it helps each of us to both understand and apply the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says and tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many of you were here for Jim's preach last week? A few of you, some of you, most of you. It's on the back of what he brought that I felt really provoked um, to lean into this passage we're going to read in just a moment. It's about in our, in our submission to one another that he taught on, in our preferring of one another, our commitment to love and honour and to encourage those around us. It's when we value others above ourselves and put the needs of them before our own that we witness something beautiful about the gospel to those who have not yet accepted it. So I want to invite you to turn to Colossians uh, chapter 3. It's in the New Testament, one of the letters. We're going to read from verse 12 in just a moment. 
just a fantastic letter that Paul wrote. Highly recommend reading the whole thing. Wouldn't take you too long. Four chapters. We're just going to focus in on verse 12. Where it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any, uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's just pray. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for this word, Lord, thank you for this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church. Lord, we, we receive this today, Lord, your word that is alive and at work in us, your word that is useful for teaching. Lord, we do open ourselves up to you this morning. Lord, we, we, we come with expectation that you will speak to us. Lord, we pray that through the next few minutes, um, you'd be really guiding our thoughts speak to our hearts speak to our minds Lord we thank you for the gospel that is such good news Lord thank you for to those who have responded to this gospel Lord thank you for those you're drawing to yourself even now Lord we open our hearts up to you we open our minds up to you come and speak we ask in Jesus name Amen Amen do you know that for those of you who have responded to the gospel, God has called you. We are called according to his plans and his purposes. We started this passage. We are God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved. We're set apart by God. Ephesians 1 says, uh, he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose each one of us before the creation of the world. What amazing truth. And we live wrestling with this joyful tension of having been made holy and righteous by Jesus' death and resurrection, being clothed in that righteousness, but also with a call to continue living a holy life, becoming more and more like Jesus in the way we live, in the way we act, in our thoughts. So as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Paul then goes on to tell us how we are to live in, life of, uh, in light of this. It's in light of who we are. It's because of our identity as sons and daughters, those who are accepted by God. And it affects our thoughts, it affects our motives, it affects our words and our actions. And the way we think, the way we speak, the things we do flow out of who we are. And as Christians, we do so as those who follow Jesus 
as fully accepted sons and daughters. So here's what I want us to do just over the next few minutes. This way it gets a bit nervous for the introverts among us. I just want to break off into, into twos, threes, fours maybe. Again, twos will be easier for you if, you're, um, if you came with somebody. And just over the next 10, 15 minutes, um, we're going to look to learn from one another in this. We're going to look to encourage one another in this. I'm aware that for some of us in the room, this, this will be a challenge for myself as a, an introvert, an internal processor, these moments can often feel awkward, but if we are to grow in being a people who prefer one another, then we need to do this stuff together. We can't do it on our own. So where you are, that are um, either just with the person next to you or with one or two others, we're going to ask this question just taken from the passage we read. What opportunities will I have this week to show compassion or kindness or humility, gentleness and patience? Are there specific things that you'll be doing this week that will require these things of you or where you'll have an opportunity or an option to choose one way or the other on these things? Again, we're not to be passive in who we are. We're not to be passive in what we do. So this is just a moment to be very practical, very real, be very open and honest but what are the situations that are coming up this week that you will be able to live in this way? Just with the person next to you, this will require some conversation, maybe after a bit of processing. Does it make sense? Cool. So chat to the person next to you. Feel free to move around if you don't like the person sitting next to you. It's good to talk. <clears throat> Did you find that reasonably helpful? Anyone want to shout out any ideas? You don't have to, but I appreciate it's quite a vulnerable place to uh, share where we need these things. But if anyone's got any... With our children. Ch- children. <laughs> yeah? Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, when I, I was up here a couple of weeks ago, uh, we are talking about kind of being scattered disciples wherever we are, whatever we do. We're doing it for the glory of God. And that's why, wherever we are, we get to live in this way. We get to clothe ourselves with these things. So we're now just going to move on. This one won't be group discussion. (laughs) We'll come back to group discussion. So on an individual level now, we want to ask the question again, following on in the passage, where it says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. God's heart, God's desire is for unity within the body of Christ. I just want us to ask the question, am I holding unforgiveness in my heart where we're called to bear with one another, where we're called to forgive as we've been forgiven? Is there anyone that I need to forgive or that I need to seek forgiveness from and what am I going to do about it this week? So we think, we pray, we plan to forgive, we we make a time, a, a deliberate moment 
Again, we'll have some time just at the end to respond corporately and together individually, but why is it that we do this? It's out of love which brings about unity. We can't hold things against one another because it disrupts the unity that God is after. And over all of these virtues, we put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. So let's ask this question. We'll just take a couple of moments on this and then I'll draw you back in. But do, do feel free to pray. Open yourself up. In, in, for me, as I was preparing, I'm praying, God, is there, is there anyone? Are there people that I'm holding things against? Is there forgiveness that I need to do, whether that's recent or old? Now's the time just to, to recognize that. Be open to the Spirit prompting that but also think and plan, how can I address that this week? What can I do practically this week that will enable me to forgive? Let's do that for just two minutes now. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So out of the forgiveness that we've received from a perfect God for all our mess, all our sin, all the things we've done and thought, that are out of line with his perfect law. We couldn't do it. But through his son, we've been forgiven. We've been freed, set free from the hold of sin. And it's out of that forgiveness that we get to forgive. Let's move on just finally. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The next question I want to ask, and we can do this together again. What things am I going to do this week that will enable the message of Christ to live in me? It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you. How are we going to make room for the message of Christ, the gospel we've received? How are we going to make room for doing that? Again, just, just four kind of examples up there, but don't be restricted by those. Encourage one another with what you're already doing. Um, and spur one another on into ways that we can be more fed by the word of God, by the gospel, than we are by everything else around us. So, back into twos, threes, fours. We'll chat about that just a few minutes, and then we'll draw back in and respond together. Is that okay? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Just felt God say that we mustn't despise the process. Again, we're talking about ways we can grow in this, opportunities we have to, to take a step forward. God knows that we are human. God knows that we have limitations. God knows each of our weaknesses. And we're never tempted beyond what we can handle. He always allows us a way out. So in all these situations, circumstances, opportunities we have in every area, 
We mustn't despise the process. We mustn't beat ourselves up when we don't. But let's go for greater. Let's do better. Let's work with one another in love, honoring and encouraging one another. Yeah, teaching and and admonishing one another. It's a good word, that. We want to be those who follow Christ wholeheartedly through every situation of life that we find ourselves in. We want to become the people he calls us to be. We get to accept our identity as sons and daughters of a living and loving God and we get to live out of this identity. We get to find joy in choosing to live in the way that he's called us to live, to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. We get to find freedom in forgiveness. We have been forgiven of all of our sins. Nothing is counted against us. And out of this, we choose to forgive others quickly, not holding on to things, not holding it over them or drawing them back to it. We forgive as we've been forgiven. God, it's time to stop talking, isn't it? Can we invite the band back up? So just as we close, can I invite you to stand Together again, we've talked a fair bit this morning. I hope you found it helpful. We know as ever that through all things, we can do nothing apart from the power of God at work in us. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us, enables us, walks alongside us, lives inside us. And so we choose to let the message of Christ, the gospel, dwell among us richly, not poorly, like a rich chocolate dessert. We get to enjoy the full flavor, the concentrated goodness of this amazing gospel that we have heard. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're with us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit lives inside of all of us who have accepted you. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, we ask. Come and do what only you can do, Lord, for all the conversation, for all that we've opened up this morning. Come and secure in our hearts, Lord, for the, the discussions we've had, for the plans we've made in our heads, maybe even some things we've written down on paper or in our diaries. Come and seal them in us, Lord, as we choose to follow you day by day, as we choose to make decisions that mean that we're led and we live in line with the call that you have for us. Lord, it's a better way of living. It may seem tougher at times because it denies ourself and prefers others. But ultimately, Lord, it denies ourselves because we chose you. We chose to put you first. We chose to live in freedom under your rule and reign. So come, Holy Spirit, now, Lord, as we sing. Lord, be speaking, be stirring our hearts again. Come and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen.